Hi, I'm Lynette White. Hi, I'm Dr. Renee Bryant. And we are your hosts for the Ed Branding Podcast. Which is all about amplifying connections, voices, and stories in education. And if you haven't already, follow the Ed Branding Podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you know when our episodes drop. And if you haven't already, subscribe uh, and like all that good stuff. Our YouTube channel, uh, the Ed Branding Channel. And on this episode of the Ed Branding Podcast, we will be speaking with Garner Holt, founder of Garner Holt Productions, an award-winning company he founded while still in high school. Garner Holt Productions has created more animatronics than any company in history. Their first big break was building nearly 500 Chuck E. Cheese animatronic shows uh, for restaurants all over the planet. They were the first outside company to create an animatronic character for a classic Disney attraction and now have more than 400 figures in Disney parks throughout the world. In their more than three decades of work, they've built more animatronics and other unusual and amazing creations than any organization on the planet. Super excited to get to speak with Garner today. I'm so glad that you're here with us. It's such a treat. Garner Holt, I want to say aka Dr. Garner Holt with your honorary doctor that you got that you earned from all of these years of service to your industry. So Dr. Garner Holt, I'm so glad to call you my friend and see all of the success that you have had over the decades. Your origin story is so important for educators to hear. Can you please introduce yourself? If there's like one person that doesn't know who you are and share your story of how you started your company while you were still in high school. Well, thank you, Renee. I'm, I'm proud to be your friend too. We've been been friends a long time. I am the, uh, my name is Garner and I'm a, a, the president of Garner Holt Productions, which is a animatronic company in Redlands, and we are a manufacturer of animatronics and ride and show systems for the Disney theme parks and others, Universal and all the major parks worldwide work in 34 different countries and done thousands of animatronics, Chuck E. Cheese and everything else. Um, it's been an interesting road. It'll be 45 years this coming July 25th, that I wrote my name on the side of the garage and said Garnholt Productions and uh, set up a card table in the garage and decided to um, get in the animatronics world. Just very briefly, I'll tell you how that happened. I was uh, I was born into a horse family. My parents uh, had some horses. My uncles were rodeo people. My another uncle owned a riding stable, and I was on the back of a horse from about two months until I was about ten years old. I came home at night and watched monsters on TV. I watched the Frankensteins and I watched the Munsters and things like that. And so I loved the monsters and haunted houses and things like that. And uh, one day I heard about this thing at Disneyland called the Haunted Mansion. And I asked my parents to take me. I was in the, around 12 years old. It was their fatal mistake. They took me there and I told them literally on the way home, I said, I want to build the things at Disneyland. I don't want to be a veterinarian. They wanted me to be a veterinarian and, uh, you know, to be part of the horse family. <laughs> and I said, I want to build the things at Disneyland. So I came home and I started tinkering in the garage and it grew to two tables and three tables and eventually forced the car out of the garage. And then, um, you know, but it's it's been, I built a company one brick at a time over the last 45 years, now we're the largest company in the world that that build animatronics for all the major theme parks. And uh, it's been uh, 
it's been quite uh, quite really fulfilling a, a dream. It's like living a dream uh, that is is you know I wake up every day and and can't believe that I'm that I don't really work that I actually come and build giant toys to make people smile. You know, so it's been quite a quite a history. But that's that's about as much as I can cram into a couple minutes of forty five years of history. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you for sharing that. Um, I have to say, when Renee booked you on the show, I was so excited because I feel like in the districts that I've worked in, they've always had field trips to go to your space in Redlands. Mm -hmm. And I've never gotten a chance to go because it always conflicts with something else on my calendar. So I was like, oh, my God, so cool that, you know, we get to speak with him or that I get to speak with him because she's your friend. Um, So thank you for spending some time with us. Renee's brand is connection. My brand is tell your story in one short word or phrase. What would you say your brand is and why? Um, one short word or phrase. Well, it's probably evolved over time. I think uh, entertainment, um, you know, we, uh, we are, uh, you know, I've always been very uh, enamored with the happiness that the Disney parks bring people and the attractions and things like that. And, so it would be high tech entertainment, I think, if you had a few extra words there. But um, but it's evolved, and now it's kind of become um, education and entertainment, uh, or education through imagination, or education through entertainment. And um, you know, so I think that's kind of a direction we're heading now uh, as as the company evolves. Well, that makes perfect sense. If I had to guess, I guess that would be it. So especially knowing your origin story and knowing you so well. So you have worked so hard. I mean, you know, people see the success, but they don't see all the work. So you've worked so hard. Um, and I say be blessed with success, but it's a result of your hard work. And, you know, that thing of when um, opportunity and preparedness come together, that's what's good luck. Well, that's what the blessedness is, is you were prepared. So as a result, you have decided to start a legacy branch of Garner Hope Productions called Education Through Imagination. Can you please share with our audience what the vision for Education Through Imagination is and what you've done so far? Well, I'll tell you a little bit more about my history. Um, so it's it's kind of funny that I was awarded a doctorate here the other day from Redlands University because I never finished high school. I basically tested out of high school in my junior year. I took the proficiency test and skipped my senior year, you know, which they allowed you to do. I don't know if you can do that anymore, but uh, because I had to run my business. And, um, you know, the funny thing about education and higher education is, is uh you know, it's it's not for everybody. And I think my, I think the whole root, not think, I know the whole root of my existence it was my shop classes in school. So in junior high and high school, I had wood shop, metal shop, drafting, metal shop, uh, or a welding shop. I had auto shop, print shop, um, all of the art classes, sculpture, everything else. And so many of those classes have gone away nowadays. And um, I basically wouldn't be sitting here today if it wasn't for those shop classes, because that's what gave me the ability to go home and sit in the garage and start tinkering with metal and wood and things to make some of the early figures that I did. So um, as my company grew over time, um, you know, I started in the garage, moved out into a little tiny shop, and then it got to a bigger shop and then a bigger shop. 
everybody always wanted to know what I was doing in that shop. They'd hear that I was making things and monsters and dragons and things like that. And everybody always wanted to come see. So I never told anybody no. I always said to Cub Scouts and Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and, you know, anybody that wanted to come in, college kids, high school kids, doctors, lawyers, they always wanted to come in. And they always left with a smile on their face and said, well, I want to work at a place like this someday. And they always felt, I always felt like a lot of them had the look on their face like I might have had when I left Disneyland that first time that I was excited, so excited about what I saw, you know. And so I gave tours for 25 years in, in all of my shops. And so then one day, um, you know, I adopted a school over here in San Bernardino called Bing Wong Elementary and um, just to help them out and did some things with animation in the school. And so that evolved and got led to a thing called an animaker space. And, you know, there's maker spaces out there in the world, but a lot of them are just full of, you know, it's a room full of tools and equipment. And they really don't do anything. So I invented a, what was called an animaker space, which is a, a high-tech classroom full of equipment, laser cutters and CD, uh, 3D printers and vacuum formers and, and all kinds of fun stuff where you can build an actual animatronic figure, like a, a tiki room parrot or, you know, a robot or things like that. And, and you use all these different machines and you're introduced to about 30 or 35 different career paths because you're having to, it's the total steam solution because you're learning about art, you're learning about painting feathers and painting the birds and you're painting and sculpting and you're doing electronics and you're doing mechanical and you're doing all these different things. And, you know, in this world of where robots are coming, you know, everybody knows that kids are gonna be standing next to robots in five years in the workplace, you know, if they aren't already. But, you know, schools will take robot kits and put them in a classroom and say, okay, we're all building a robot. Well, you know, some of them like mechanical, some of them like electronics, but not everybody does. So what about the kids that want the art, that want to do costuming or voiceover or theatrical or lighting or sound or, you know, sculpture or painting? Well, that's what our Animaker Space does is it incorporates all those things. And it allows you to have a glimpse into all those different things and and uh, possibly apply those to a career someday. Um, and uh, kids are really loving it. Schools are really loving it. So um, we're trying to develop new kits and new concepts. And we've got animator spaces out there in the world. Uh, we've got about 15 out there now regionally. And we have a whole roster of, of them that are going all over the country. Uh, back east, we've got two in Florida uh, coming up, uh, one in Texas, uh, one in Kansas City. So we're starting to put them all over the place. So we're just super, super excited that we can bring this theme park technology to kids and have them be able to build things and learn how to program them and, and uh, um, accomplish something and build something and be very proud of it. And, and you know, and, and we feel that, you know, they're, they're um, getting a glimpse into the entertainment industry that I did when I, how I felt when I was a kid being able to start, start playing with these things. So it makes me really happy. So that's kind of our brand right now. <laughs> what we're getting into. I love it. And I will say the students that come back from the trips to your space, they're always, uh, super excited, very intrigued. And, you know, you have those ones that are like, I'm going to do that in the future because you've opened their eyes to, okay, that is possible. It's, it's mm -hmm. attainable. Yeah. Um, 
So it's clear that you've been an innovator for a really, really long time. Not many of us can say we started our, our business uh, at the age of 16, right? You said? 16. Yeah, I incorporated in the state of California when I was 15. That's incredible. That's incredible. So what advice would you give students who are inspired by your story and looking to be creators themselves? Well, you know, depending on, you know, I talk to uh, students all the time out of Cal State and places like that, you know, and talk to entrepreneurial students and so forth. And, you know, um, I, 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 I kind of represent, I think, the, you know, the, the entrepreneur in the sense that, you know, really starting from nothing and, and uh, um, just kind of building it a brick at a time, you know, a giant wall, a brick at a time. But uh, I think, you know, if I were to say almost any, this applies to anyone, it really would is that, you know, it's kind of a cliche, you know, people say, oh, well, you know, you just, you just never, ever give up. And, you know, I think the the obstacles that people run into, you know, you know, that what they always talk about and, you know, kids see things now on the internet, you know, you get on TikTok and, you know, you're a millionaire when you wake up tomorrow. Well, it'll happen <laughs> right. to a few kids, right? But, you know, <laughs> the, you know the, the majority of obviously the world that will not happen to and, you know, you have to put in the hard work and you have to to um, set your sights on a goal, set your sights on a dream and and know where you're going or where you want to go and and know that you're going to run into so many obstacles to, to before you can get there. And, and I did. I, I ran I, I slept on in a sleeping bag in my first shop for for almost 10 years. I was the only employee in my business and I could barely keep the lights on the electricity to keep the lights on. And I mean, I run into people who start a business and then six months later you run into them and it's like, how's your business going? It's like, Oh, I gave up. I, I, you know, I did, it just didn't work out. I'm like, you gotta be kidding. You know, you, 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 you know, if that's what you really want to do, you spend the next 20 years getting there. If you have to shovel and dig in the dirt to get there, you do whatever it takes because it's not going to be easy. Um, so I, I think of anything I would, there's a word in the dictionary, dictionary that people don't use very often. It's called assiduous and it means persevering to a fault. And I think if, if I have, I don't think I'm any more intelligent or any more money or anything else than anybody else. But I think if anything would be on my gravestone someday is he was assiduous. He persevered to a fault to where he got where he wanted to go, you know? I love that though. We're in such a generation now where it's like now I want, okay, so I want it today. So by tomorrow it should happen. And I like that you shared 10 years of, you know, struggle before you probably saw, you know, a little bit of light at the end of the tunnel, not even full success. Yeah. I think that's important, important advice that you're giving people. But even that 10 years, I enjoyed what I was doing every minute of it. You know, I was, I mean, if, if I was building figures, even alone uh, and barely making it, I was still building figures. That's what I wanted to do. You know, you were happy. I was happy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll tell you, if animation didn't make me happy or animatronics or theme parks didn't make me happy, you know, if flowers made me happy, I'd go start a giant flower shop someplace and I, I, I wouldn't care about money. I have a nice car. I have a house. That's all I need. I don't need a bunch of fancy homes and boats and things. I just want to live a nice life, but I want to be happy. And that's, that's what people should focus on is what will make them happy for the rest of their life, you know, and not, not worry about becoming a millionaire, you know, or something, you know, 
because that won't make you happy. I guarantee it. You know. Well, you're happy, and I have to say, you're also a big deal. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you're a big deal. And then I think it was uh, a few years ago I saw you appear and saw your name in the credits of Westworld, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, she's a really big deal now." <laughs> so. I have this question for you. So you've always been on the cutting edge of technology. And so what do you see are the important skills um, that our educators should be focusing on building in their scholars and their students? Well, I think it's important, you know, as I say, you know, with our Animaker space, we try to recognize what, what uh, our practical career paths for people, you know, and, and what students, um, what students gravitate towards, you know, it's really about like, like I say, my old mantra is to become, to be happy with something. So, you know, if you're, if you get into, you know, doing something mechanical and you don't really like it, you know, what good is it? You know, if you, you want to get into what excites you and what is, that makes you passionate, you know, you have to be passionate about something. And, you know, there are some people out there that never, find something they're passionate about. And I'm, I, I don't understand that. And I'm, I'm really sorry for those people. You know, I know people right now who are 65 years old and they don't know what they want to do when they grow up and they never will. They'll never land on something. You know, I landed on something when I was 12 years old and it's, and it's formed the entire rest of my life. Um, you know, but whatever it is, if it's a skateboarding and, you know, you want to develop a new kind of skateboard or you want to do this or you want to do that or cars or, Whatever your passion is, figure out how to turn it into a business and make it work, you know, and 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 run with it. But do something that makes you happy. But uh, you know, I think that the the you know the teachers and and instructors with students, um, I think they should help the students figure that out. I think they should help them find, you know, what their what their happiness and what their passion role in life is going to be. And then, you know, encourage them and try to try to get them connected with the right path, the right technology to do it. I mean, you know, when I started out, there was no Internet. There was no computers. I had to use a library. and There was nothing about animatronics in the library. So, I mean, now you can push a button on the computer and get information on anything in the world. You know, so, um, you know, I think if people are directed to the right thing and they can find that passion in somebody and turn that switch, then that, that'll fill, fulfill the rest of their life, you know. Well, it makes me think I because I know your whole story, right? I know it for a while, but this idea of how innovative your teachers were back then. So, can you tell a little bit about what your teachers did for you in high school? Uh, because right now we're still in education, looking at seat-based compliance and hours in the classroom, and turn in this homework and take these standardized tests. So, can you talk about what that looked like for you? So I'll tell you what, I, I I can't tell you how thankful I am to, you know, I mentioned going to the shop classes, but I can't tell you how thankful I am to all of the teachers that put up with me in, in junior high and high school, because what I would do is I had these projects in my head and I wanted to build my, my first Uncle Sam figure that I did for the Bicentennial 1976. And so I went to all the teachers and I said, well, this is my plan. I'm building this robot and I'm building this show and I want to have this, this show. And I said, you know, like in electronics, it's like, well, you guys are building, you know, the class project is an AM radio and I want to build a controller for my robot. And I, I got the teacher aside one lunchtime 
and explain to them what I want to do. And I said, well, this is a lot more complicated than the AM radio. They said, could I like go off to the side and do this and, and make this work? And he said, sure, you know, and he let me kind of go off on a tangent. And I did that metal shop and started making parts. I did that in drafting. They were like drawing a house or something. And I showed the drafting teacher the plans that I had. And I said, could I draw this instead of a house? And he's like, well, yeah, that's more complicated than what we're doing. So um, I was so grateful to my teachers that looked at it in the sense of like, they wanted to help me kind of like I'm saying, follow my passion. And they didn't put a stop to it. They encouraged it. Right. So that's, that's, you know, something that I'll always be thankful for. Well, and now we call that there's a name for that. It's universal design for learning where you as an educator look at each student as an individual and let them decide how they want to show the finished product, right? Mm -hmm. So we're finally catching up to your amazing teachers you <laughs> have uh, just a couple decades ago. Yeah. I, I had I had a bunch of people in the school that I wrote the speech for it in speech class. I uh, even my history teacher even did my uh, did the voice of my uncle Sam. So I had everybody involved and you know what I mean? It's like if it seems like if you approach it the right way and you try to tell people you're doing something significant, something useful or significant, um, you know, if people buy into it, it's it's very helpful to students, you know. Definitely. So I have to ask, what's your favorite um, animatronic that you've made over the years? Well, yeah, you know, it changes over the probably I'd have to go by decade because I built the okay. and that got me my first publicity and I got National Geographic and I got in, um, you know, international news. Um, the next year I built uh, an Uncle Sam figure. I'm, I'm sorry, a unicycle riding figure. And uh, that got me my first theme park job. And then once I did that, then I, I won the contract to do Chuck E. Cheese. And when I got that contract, that was big. Um, that I ended up doing over 550 Chuck E. Cheese shows worldwide, and 550 Chuck E. Cheese restaurants—that's a big job. <laughs> and, yeah, that, uh, over, that's a lot. Over, over about 25 years, and uh, and then after that, you know, things that we did at Disney, like the Cars ride and the uh, you know Fantasmic and and the Haunted Mansion Holiday Show and the Mermaid ride and the Nemo ride and the and buzz like your rides and you know it just goes on and on and just uh, then it becomes just a big blur because they're all my children and they're all <laughs> i'm all happy with all of them you know <laughs> that's so cool and you just literally named like all my favorite rides at disneyland <laughs> 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 well, and, and I, I don't want to leave this part out because idea that you went to Disney and you wanted to work for them and you did not have your bachelor's degree. Mm -hmm. And so can you tell a little bit about that? Because I think that that's a really great story for people to hear as well. Well, yeah. So when I was, you know, when I built my Uncle Sam, um, my Uncle Sam figure he stood up kind of like Lincoln does. You know, it was it, it wasn't it was a very it was a, a high school level quality. I mean, it wasn't like a Disney figure at the time. And uh, but Disney engineers came out to see it to my house, and um, they started talking to me. And you know, I'm 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 around I get the point where I'm around seventeen or you know seventeen eighteen, and I wanted to work there more than anything. I wanted to be an Imagineer. And I, I would have done anything. I mean, that was like my goal. That was my life. I was going to be an Imagineer. And um, 
And they didn't know what to do with me because they're like, what do we do with this kid? You know, we, if we stick him in the machine shop, putting nuts and bolts together, he's not going to be happy. And, and they're like, you know, you can't, you, you're 17, 18, you can't you put you in, in, in a man, any management or administrative. So they just said, they just didn't know what to do. And it went on and on and on. And pretty soon they said, you know what, we just don't know what to do with you. We want you, but we don't know what to do with you. So we suggest that you go to school and get, get a degree, get, get to the point where you can be in management and that type of thing. And uh, I was done with school. I didn't want to go to school. And I said, so I was dejected and depressed for a couple of months. And, I, you know, I told my parents, they said, you know, um, I'm going to start my business and I want to start Garner Hope Productions and, and get it rolling. And, and if I can make it work, it'll work. If not, I'll go, you know, I'll wrap it all up and I'll go back to school and I'll become an Imagineer. And uh, boy, I'll tell you, the dream of my lifetime at that time to become an Imagineer, it's the best thing that never happened to me because now I'm building rides for all the theme parks and all the big rides for Disney and all the Imagineers that I knew at that time are all gone and don't work for the company anymore. And they were tiny spokes and a large wheel. And, um, you know, so this is the best, the best position I could ever have dreamed of in my entire life, you know. That's incredible. I mean, what an incredible story. <laughs> um, so thank you for your time. Is there anything else that you would like to share with our listeners? Well, um, no, all I can do is reinforce what I said about the, the dream thing, you know, find your dream and run towards it and never give up and just keep running and just make it happen. You know, if you don't, you know, there's an old saying, and if you don't, if you don't follow and if you don't build your own dream, someday you'll be working for somebody building theirs. And no, you know, build your own dream, follow it, make it work. Thank you so much. And we'll make sure to put in the show notes, all the web addresses, all the good stuff. So people know how to see the great work you're doing, uh, not only for amusement parks, but also for children. So thank you so much, Garner. We hey. just, Dr. Holt. Thank you. <laughs> thank you all. Good to see you. Good to meet you. I'll see you later. Alanette, so amazing. I hope some minds were blown while they were listening to Dr. Garner Holt talk about uh, his journey, right? From just being a child and uh, people encouraging his talents and being able to just develop that into what it is multi-million billion dollar business, right? And then to care so much about the trade and what he's doing his brand as an entertainer to want to develop that in uh, our scholars and students is just so amazing. And for me, again, like I've known his story for a very long time. It's always really stuck out to me, this idea of you know, listening to students, right? And really understanding them and their needs, their name, need, and story, their assets, and really, you know, uh, looking at your lessons and looking at what you're designing to meet their needs too. And I love that his teachers did that for him way back then. Instead of drawing a house, he got to, you know, work on the designs for his uh, Uncle Sam robot he was making in high school, right? And instead of doing this essay, he got to write his speech that his history teacher did as the Uncle Sam. I mean, just so incredible. Just so incredible. What did you think, Lynette? 
I mean, he was just awesome. He's he is a very innovative man uh, with uh, not a lot of words, but the words that he does speak are so powerful. Uh, that advice that he gave of you know just being persistent. If this is something that you want, be persistent. But also, what resonated with me was that notion of finding something you love to do. Um, and then it is easier to be persistent because you love it. You do it out of a labor of love, not a, I have to, I get to. Um, it's all about that mindset and that's what he was touching on. So it was pretty awesome. I mean, besides all the cool animatronics, like every ride he named, I was like, okay, those are all rides that I like. I'm not a huge Disney person, but like, those are the ones I like and the ones that you're like, oh, like, he designed part of that, you know, and this all began as a 15 year old young man um, in his garage at home. It's like, you know, if you want to achieve something, you just got to put your mind to it and you can do it. Right, right. Pretty cool. So, so amazing. I think Dr. Thelma Melendez de Santa Ana, retired superintendent, worked in the Obama administration. She, when she speaks, she calls it your occupation. So he's definitely working his occupation. And I like to think that both of us are too. We're in our occupation, Lynette. <laughs> all right. Well, for, for sure. listeners, uh, don't forget, if you haven't already, follow, download the Ed Branding Podcast on your favorite podcast platform so you know when our episodes drop. And if you haven't already, please, 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 please like and subscribe on our YouTube channel. And we're so excited. We're still type, type, click, 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 working on our book. Right, Lynette? Yes, we are. <laughs>